are listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I'm a veteran teacher, and I never bring work home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your classroom so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. Every year, me and my department try to take our students on a trip to a Spanish-speaking country. We believe this is beneficial for so many reasons, but on one of our trips to Costa Rica, we went on a night hike, and we were hoping to see a sloth for me, because that's what I was hoping to see. But we were gonna go out and see what nightlife we could find in the jungle. On this hike, we mostly saw spiders, I'm not gonna lie. And while I thought they were really cool, they were also kind of scary. And one of our students started to have a panic attack. And I just so happened to have read a book on this same trip about what to do in such a situation. And so I went up to her and I said, okay, I need you to focus on my face. And everyone was like, oh, get out of her face. She needs air, she needs air. And I said, yeah, I know, hold on. But I actually like had the skills, so I said, I said, I need you to focus on me and I need you to focus on breathing out because she didn't feel like she had any control of her breath in that moment. And so I said, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out, breathe out. Okay, now breathe in. And she immediately gained control of her breathing again and had a whole different experience after that. So join me today as we talk about some things that we can do to take back our brain space and be happy. I'm super excited to talk to you today about three very specific things. One, how our nervous system affects us in our everyday lives and why that matters. Two, how working towards our goal is the answer. And three, how what we do first thing in the morning can impact our entire day and our entire lives. So let's start with how the nervous system affects our bodies and us. So I did research this week as I was really trying to meet some of my goals. I'm trying to make sure I'm staying in my head, the right head space and I would like it to be clean. And so I was doing some research and I came across Dr. Andrew Huberman. He is a neuroscientist who studies states of mind. And I was like, mm, perfect, exactly what I'm trying to research and study and, and feel like I understand. So I listened to a podcast with him on it, and he really gave me some great insights, and then I wanted to build off of some of those things that he said in his research that he found. So one thing that he said that really impacted me was that every organ in your body is run by the nervous system, which I know, but I'm a Spanish teacher, not a science one, so cut me a little bit of slack because I have to think it through just a little bit. So I was really intrigued by that because he was saying how everything that works works because we have our nervous system and they all work together. And it made me think kind of of our school, how all the teachers work together, how all the students, we should all be working together. And when something doesn't go right is when 
we have issues. And when we let our nervous system down or when we let one body system down, it's affecting the whole system. And so that interconnectedness really kind of gave me a lot of moments in time pondering that and really thinking through all of the implications of that. And I also was re was researching how our nervous system is responsible for our most important things, sensation, perception, feelings, thoughts, actions, and memories. That's all that's all due to our nervous system. And the only one that's non-negotiable, the only one that we have really no control over is our sensation. So when something affects us, that the way that it affects us, so if we feel it with our fingers, that sensation is not something we can control. It's the only one that is out of our control. The ones that are adaptable would then be our perception, our feelings, our thoughts, our actions, and our memories. And I memories, you think about it, it, they really are shaped by what happens after them and our emotions about what happened and our thoughts about how it happened, our percep our perspective of what happened. So that one, because at first I was like, well, our, me our memory is what happened in the past, what happened happened, but our memory of it is based off of us. And so the more I thought about that was how important it is then that we are thoughtful, that we are sure to keep our connections strong. And it really helped me realize that even though I want to stay in my frontal lobe and I want, I need to keep all three rooms in my brain clean, I need to be able to go into fight, flight, or freeze when it's necessary. It's there for a reason and it's part of my system. I really need to make sure that I'm hitting my limbic system and feeling what I need to feel. And I did say that last week, but as I realized the connections between everything and how much control I do have, it was really important to me to focus on that and and think it through again, that yes, we do wanna stay in our frontal lobe, that's the best room in the house, but the other rooms exist for a reason. And when we think things through, we also need to make sure that we're taking care of the entire body in order to keep the rooms in our brain clean. Because if our body isn't functioning properly, we can't be happy because we're going to end up fight, flight, or freeze because we need to take care of our body. If we are not eating properly, again, we're not we're barely surviving. And so our body is going to tell us that and it's going to immediately take us out of our mindset. We create the rules. We create the body and the mind that we're living in. And so we really need to take charge. Um, some of the rules that we have and that we've learned, like one of the first rules we learn is that, yes, mom can leave our line of sight, but she's going to come back. That's one of those things that babies, they've realized that they learn that quickly when mom is consistent. So we have things, rules that we've learned and they may or may not be true, but we've learned how that works. So if I tell this person something in confidence, they're going to tell everyone. That's a rule we've learned because of experience. So we don't tell that person something. That would be one of our rules that we've created for ourselves. Or if I eat this, I feel better about whatever situation I'm in because I have no control over that situation. So I eat 
because that is what I have control over. That's a rule that you've set for yourself and you create the rules. So if you are realizing how much control we have over our nervous system and our brains, you realize that you can reset your own rules. So if you find that you're not happy with your body weight, that's an easy one to confront. Then you can look at what are the rules I've created? What am I, what am I doing? Do I have a rule that I'm too tired after work and, and I can't go to the gym? Well, then either you can change that rule and say, regardless if I'm tired or not, I need to go to the gym. Or I eat because I eat this way because it's cheap. Well, then maybe you need to change the rules about what you're spending your money on. But you get to control the rules. And I love that because, again, I want to feel in control of the things that I, I can control. And if I don't even know I have the control system for that, I can't do anything about it. And so as I was thinking that through, I thought, what a great way to think of it that I've set the rules so I can recreate the rules because even though I feel like I've learned it that way, it doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. What a powerful, powerful situation. Before I go into the other two, I'd like to do my unpaid sponsorship. For my unpaid sponsorship, I would like to give a shout out to Scotch Lamination. I have recently started my student aid on a lamination project. And Normally, I would send it down to the library, but our library has been under construction. And, and at this point, we are live teaching in person. I think we're very rare in the world right now, but we are live teaching in person. And a lot of teachers have been out for obvious reasons. And so we've been covering for each other. And our media specialist has been allowing whole classes in there. And so I thought, I can't send this lamination down and give her just one more thing to do when I've got this handy dandy scotch laminator that I just bought. So I have had my student aide, who is a high school senior, doing a lamination project. And I showed him how to do it one time. And he did the whole project. And it was so cool because it was inexpensive. It was a way that I could save work on someone who's been helping teachers out a ton. Thank you, media specialists. We love you. And I was able to have something for him to do that he felt was really beneficial. So thank you, Scotch Laminators. Super easy to use, super inexpensive. Got mine on Amazon, got the, the lamination sheets on Amazon. Go for it. Thanks. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. The second thing that I put on our list to talk about today was how working towards goals is the answer. So we just had, well, I just read the book, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Halliday. And in that book, I just love the book, first of all. He's a Stoic. He studies Stoics. And in that book, it talks about how inaction is action, the obstacles, the way and how basically whatever impedes our action is the thing we should head towards and defeat. And I, I feel like I've always lived that way. When something was hard for me, that's the way I went. And I, it's proven because Spanish was a really, really difficult subject for me for the first two years. Like I tried to leave it, but I wanted to go to college. So I needed the two consecutive years. And then I realized that I was quitting something. And so I went to Mexico and I confronted that obstacle. So that is my proof that the obstacle is the way. 
So as Dr. Andrew Huberman was talking and basically saying some things about the nervous system in relation to this, the two came together for me. I just read this awesome book recently and he's talking about it. So I've got to talk to you guys about it. So first of all, the obstacle is the way. I will put that book in the show notes as well as the laminator link. Basically, Dr. Huberman was talking about how basically we are always reinforced by a dopamine release in our brain, that that is what gives us that good feeling when we've done something. And he was talking about how some of us believe that we're going to get this huge dopamine drop. We don't know that's what we're working for, but we're going to feel great when we achieve the goal. And I, 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 I said, yeah. I mean, when we work towards a goal, we expect to feel great when we achieve the goal. And he was saying in his research, he has found that, yeah, that's the case. We do have a dopamine release when we achieve our goals, but there was actually much, much, much more dopamine released in the struggle, in the everyday work to achieve the goal. And it worked with mice, it worked with people, but basically the obstacle was the way. When we are struggling, when we are working towards something, the grit that it takes to get through those hard things releases more dopamine for us and we can feel better as we work towards that goal. So once you've achieved your goal, you have to set another one because it's always giving us what we need emotionally and hormonally and to feel successful. And that's what we're working towards. This goes for all you teachers who love that growth mindset. This is what the basis is for growth mindset. So at its core, growth mindset is supposed to be about enjoying friction. And I I agree with that, that we're supposed to say not yet. And we are supposed to enjoy the ride to get there. And so as we are teachers, and this is one of our favorite things to say right now, it's one of the trends in education, then we need to pursue that same thing as well. We need to enjoy the friction. We need to enjoy that struggle. We need to know the obstacle is the way, however you want to say it, but realize that as you're struggling, you're growing and you're getting what you need to be happy. And then when you achieve your goal, great, but never stop working towards goals because that is the way that we can feel happy. And that is giving our brain space the exact thing it needs to feel clean and ready and able to grow. Dr. Huberman says that growth mindset is a skill, that thoughts are spontaneous, but we can take over our thoughts. And that's a huge thing for us because when we are able to take over our thought process and say, no, I'm working towards this goal. And that's when we get those dopamine releases because we are doing something hard and we can tell ourselves that the reward is the effort and we get to determine that. And the more that we actually tell our brains that the more our brains become wired to help us through the struggle and if we celebrate the effort and not just the final product. So if we see students working on their work and we celebrate that they are trying as much as we celebrate when they succeed and get an A on the paper, then we will have more successful students because they will 
start to feel great about doing the work that it takes to get the grade and not just the grade they got. Personally, one thing that I love is when I'm having a hard time, I I just say, just do one more. So if I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't grade another paper. Like my goal was to finish grading all these papers before my prep is over. Great. But I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to quit. And in the effort of doing that one more, you get more and more grit and you get that, oh, I did one more than I thought I could do. And that helps us clean up that brain space that we can do more than we thought. And another question that you can ask yourself to help you get there, so not just just do one more, is what if I don't quit this time? So yesterday I was doing a center workout and it is Chris Hemsworth's app that he does that he sponsors and it's a bunch of different trainers and I was doing this workout and we were doing some sit-ups and just different things and it was tough. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm I the first time we were doing this one exercise, I kind of got halfway through and then just started having a hard time. And then the next time I said, okay, I'm not going to quit this time. So last time I didn't make it all the way to the end, but this time I am. And I did. And that struggle made me feel so good. So I can attest to this. What if I don't quit this time? We are wired for puzzles and that, and not always wired for the solution. Our brains love the act of solving puzzles. But once this, the puzzle is solved, we put it back in the box and put it away, right? And this goes for all different kinds of puzzles. Anything that is kind of tricky or hard for us, our brains thrive on figuring that out. And then once we figured it out, it kind of wants to keep going with that. So if we are realizing that we need to think of processes and not events, of verbs and not nouns, and really instead, and, and the struggle and not just the success, if we are starting to think about things in that way, we can really make growth mindset and getting better and growth real. So the reward for effort is the deposit. That's where we get the dopamine is that effort. And if we can really focus on celebrating the effort, we win. The last thing I wanted to talk about is how what we do in the middle of the night and the first thing in the morning can affect our whole lives. So Dr. Huberman was talking about how blue light and bright light in the middle of the night is really, really bad for our brains. And the first thing you do when you wake up, if, if it's to look at your phone, first thing, that blue light is connected with depression. And it's a thing over time. It's not, oh, I looked at blue light this one day over a whole month. But he was saying, if every day, the first thing you do is look at that bright blue light, that or if you fall asleep looking at the TV every night, or if you get up in the middle of the night and look at a bright blue light in the middle of the night, that it's connected with depression. And that that is not so great for our brains, obviously. So we should focus on limiting blue light when it's dark outside. But then he said that if we were to focus on getting sun as early as we can in the day, which is hard. Right now, I'm in my classroom, and it it's dark out still. <laughs> I got here, 
And every day I get here and it's full dark when I get here right now. But I know that my prep is during second hour and I have a great chance to go out and get light early. If you can get light as soon as you can, as soon as you wake up and the sun is up, go outside for a minute to 10 minutes and just get real light from the sun. That is linked to anti-depression, getting people out of depression because of the vitamins in the sun. It's about our brain stimulation from actual light of the sun and our skin loves it. So he says, avoid blue lights in the, when it's dark. And then once the sun comes up, we do need those bright lights, but we, it should be natural. And if you can get it, get it. And then finally, we should focus on breathing. So he was saying that when we are controlling our breathing, we're controlling our phrenic nerve, which is a conscious thought to control something that's usually involuntary. And the phrenic nerve is in charge of sending the, in the signals to our brain. So if we can control our breathing, we can tell our brain what to feel. So if we are really angry, but we do a breathing exercise and bring our breathing back to normal, it can help our brain get over that anger quicker. Or if we're scared, same thing. If we are feeling anxiety, same thing. So that story that I was telling you about my student in the woods, she couldn't get control of her breathing. And I made her take control of her phrenic nerve and tell her brain it was okay. And when people are having anxiety attacks, what I learned in that book that I was reading is that they think that they aren't getting enough breath. So they breathe in, 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 and they never breathe out. And that's why I told her to breathe out. It's that same thing. If you can take control of your breathing and tell it what to do at opportune moments, then you can gain control. And if you do this as a practice first thing in the morning, it gives you better control later. So you should make this a daily practice first thing in the morning. So first thing in the morning, don't look at your phone right off the bat. You can look at your phone even while it's still dark, but just not within like the first 15 minutes. You want to give your brain a little bit of time to wake up. When the sun comes up, go get some and try to do a breathing exercise 10 to 15 minutes. If you have an Apple Watch, there's a breathing app on there. Do that, but just take control of your breathing so that you can really take control of your life. Our nervous system is the link for our brain to our body. All our systems are connected and so we need to take care of our whole system in order to keep a clean, happy headspace. Remember, we have control over so much that goes on in the system. We can choose to use our phrenic nerve. We can choose to use dopamine. We can do all those things because we have control. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers to feel balanced, happy, and in control. One way to use the system to our advantage is to celebrate effort. Remember to dig into puzzles and challenges and really learn to enjoy that friction. Another way to use our system is a great wake-up routine. Stay away from bright, especially blue light, for the first 15 minutes of the day and get sun early and practice breathing exercises, some sort of breathing technique that will help you to really control your breathing when it matters. When we mindfully control areas of our nervous system, we will really be more happy, balanced, and in control of our lives and the way we perceive the world around us. Thank 
you for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share. It's important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That's why I created Positively Prepped, to help teachers to improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom, leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Join me next week as we continue our journey to become Positively Prepped. Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriquez. That's Rodriquez with a Q and not a G. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening. See you here next week.